I know it's a thing. You ask me about it all the time. Kayla, how are you so disciplined? How are you so consistent? How do you just keep going? And although sometimes I want to say, I just am and you can be too, I want to break it down into bite-sized pieces for you so that you truly can succeed in this, in whatever area of your life, whether it's your health and fitness, your nutrition, your work performance, or most importantly, and yes, I do mean most importantly, your relationship with God and spending time with Him. Today, I'm here to talk all about it as I celebrate this 50th episode of the His Word, My Walk podcast. Welcome to His Word, My Walk, where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl next door, Christian mentor and life coach. For the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's Word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. All right, y'all. I am so, so grateful, so grateful to God and so grateful to you. Seriously, you are the reason I'm still going with joy and excitement on this podcast. This is probably something I should wait and say when I'm fully into the point of this episode, but it's the truth. I can be obedient to the Lord and it's not always joyful for me, but I'll do it to be obedient. Now, I know he sees my heart and my motives, And I don't even think that it's that my motives are off. It's just that sometimes I'm obedient to him and what he's asking me to do wouldn't be my first choice, you know? Yet I do it. And in the end, it obviously works out for the best. But I'm grateful to you because as you've been listening to these episodes for a year, even a little more, wow, that's also crazy, you truly are my motivation. Every episode I drop teaches me something incredible. But knowing that you're learning too, Then hearing back from you, you really are what brings the joy and excitement to my obedience to the Lord. So thank you. Now, if you're new to this podcast or if this is your first episode, I really am going to encourage you to listen back. I know, I know there are now 50 of them, but just think about it. Here, I'll calculate it for you. A 20-minute walk every day for 50 days. Boom. A 40-minute walk every day for a month with a day off each week. I mean, shoot, go ahead and take me on a road trip with you. And let me just say, although it may seem like I'm speaking mostly to women, there are plenty of men who listen to this podcast and get something out of it. There are women who listen with their husbands, actually, because you already know this is all truth and truth from God's word and applying it to your life. So that right there is for absolutely everyone. Okay, so 50 episodes, like that's some consistency and discipline. And no, I'm not tooting my own horn. I am actually celebrating what God has done and recognizing the work and the commitment that went into this. Let me share some real statistics with you. 90% of podcasts don't get past episode three. That's 1.8 million who quit. Of the 200,000 left, 90% of those will quit after 20 episodes. That's another 180,000 gone. This is actually a real statistic that is often used to encourage those who want to start a podcast, but then they're intimidated by the, but everyone has a podcast, who will listen to me, that kind of argument. And if that's you, then get on it, start it, and keep going. 
You can use the tips in this episode right here to get you to that consistency and discipline. But I also want to share that statistic to truly celebrate the milestone of making it to more than a year and making it to 50 episodes without quitting, without a big break, without dropping to episodes every other week or once a month, without letting the thoughts, the insecurities, and ultimately the enemy win this battle. All right, let's jump right into these. Do you know the top quote reason I hear about why people aren't doing what they want to do in life or what they know they're called to do or what could improve their current lifestyle? The top two are that they openly say they're not consistent and lack discipline. And I put the word reason in quotes because I'm not sold on these being reasons. I lean more toward they are excuses. Like if I were to ask you about reading the Bible every day and you say you don't have a Bible, that's a reason. But to say you want to, but you're not consistent or you lack discipline, I struggle with accepting that as a legitimate reason. So let's go. Five steps to get you there. Now, I want you to get in your mind right now what it is. It truly might be an exercise routine. It might be nutrition choices. It might be spending time with God in his word. It might be going to bed at a certain time so that you can wake up refreshed the next morning or with time to spend time with God before everyone else wakes up. Whatever it is for you, I want you to get it in your mind right now and keep it there as we work through these steps to get you to that discipline and consistency you're desiring. So step one, motivation. The reason or reasons one has for acting or behaving in a particular way. Motivation. You've got to have a motivation. Now here's the kicker. There is always motivation. There's always a motive. Like for every action, for every behavior, there's always a motive, a reason. So what we really need to discover is a legit motivation, a strong motivation, an unmovable motivation. Because you could end up in this situation, and maybe you have, because I know I have. God, I want to wake up early and spend time with you before everyone else wakes up. I'm motivated. I want this time with you. I know it will make my day better. I've set my alarm for 5 a.m. And when that 5 a.m. alarm goes off, the motive of more sleep, the motive of feeling rested for the stressful day of work coming, the motive of more time cuddling with your spouse, the motive of, well, if I'm up at this time of day, I should probably go to the gym. See how there's always a motive? Our decisions are always based on and determined by our motives. And I'm not sure you can convince me otherwise. Revenge is a motive. Sitting and doing nothing is from a motive. Everything, every action or inaction begins with a motive. It begins with a reason. So it's crucial that your motive is strong enough to stand up against the other motives that sound good, that are a priority for others, ooh, or that are already in motion in your life. Because I'll tell you this, stopping a habit or changing a habit is much harder than starting one fresh. So how do you set a strong motive? Like one that can overcome the others. Well, if you ask me, I will tell you, your motive has to come from the outcome first. And I say that because simply a reason or simply a motive isn't going to cut it. It has to come from the outcome you really want. For example, saying you're motivated to lose weight. I'm telling you right now, that's not going to cut it. I hate to burst your bubble if this is your situation, but this is the absolute truth. This is known and understood by so many scholars and scientists and those who achieve success, but don't let that get you down. It's known by you too. It is. Hear me out. 
you're not actually motivated to lose weight. You're motivated to fit into that outfit comfortably and slay, as they say these days, at that event coming up in a month or two. You're not motivated to just lose weight. You're motivated to play at the playground with your kids without getting out of breath, to walk around Disneyland without having to sit at every turn, to improve your blood tests, your scans, not your health as a whole. It's something specific. That is your actual strong motive. So with that understanding, let's talk about your relationship with God. Well, let's talk about mine. When I set out now almost six years ago to commit to reading one chapter of the Bible every morning before anything else, because at that moment in 2017, that was my goal. My motive was not to read the Bible every day. And as I'm thinking through this right now, my super strong motive wasn't even to grow in my relationship with God, to go deeper with him, to live a more meaningful life. That truly wasn't my motive that kept me going at that time. It does now, but we'll get into that in the next steps. But my true and strong motive right then, it was this. I was waiting on the United States Immigration Services for some paperwork and some approvals. I was trusting God that they would come through. But it had been months, and over my lifetime, it had been years. My true motive was to find a better way to pray, a better way to ask, a better way to wait, a better way to keep on holding on while I wanted to give up. My true motive was that I was thinking if I get closer to God, he will get closer to me and boom, all of a sudden these papers will be approved. Now, that's not really how it went down, but I'm breaking it down to you completely honestly. That right there was my motive. And that motive, it kept me going. So it's time for you to state your motivation and state it clearly, like say it with your chest. (laughs) This is a strong motivation. This isn't some weak everyday phrase. This isn't some, oh, that sounds good to everyone else phrase. This is for you. And to be really honest, you might not tell anyone exactly what your motivation is yet, but you know it's a strong one for you. All right, next, step two accountability. Now, I know I just said you might not even tell anyone exactly what your motivation is yet, so you may be asking how you can have accountability if this is such a private motivation. Well, accountability is not based on the motivation. It can be if you want it to be, but it doesn't have to be. Hear me out. Remember the example I gave about losing weight, but the real motivation is that outfit and that event coming up? Well, a great form of accountability can be that outfit hanging front and center for you to see every day. Accountability could be a countdown to that event. See, accountability helps us be responsible to what we set out to do or what we said we will do. Let me share my experience. When I decided to read one chapter of the Bible every single morning, first thing in 2017, my accountability, it was Instagram stories. I'm not even joking. I started sharing a picture of my actual paper Bible, then a prayer that would go with the verse that I picked out for the day. That's how it started. Then people would comment back or write amen, and I kept going. On days I didn't want to do it or didn't want to wake up, I would think, oh man, but people are expecting me to share this. And that accountability kept me going. See, accountability isn't always a person. It's not always public. 
It sure can be the gym buddy, the walking partner, the study partner, heck, Weight Watchers. I've shared that previously. I am a lifetime member to Weight Watchers, having hit my goal weight back in 2002. Long story short, after a back injury ended my basketball playing career, I kept eating like I was playing but was barely able to walk, so you know how that ended up. My mom and I together joined Weight Watchers and that scale every Saturday with my little card that they had to fill in with the weight on it, accountability. So let's check in. You've got your thing, right? You've got it in your mind. You've thought about your motivation, your strong motivation. Now what or who will be your accountability? Step three, discipline. It's as matter of fact as that. Discipline. To train oneself to do something in a controlled and habitual way. Training. You know, discipline isn't just this thing that happens. It isn't automatic. It doesn't even come naturally to us. Discipline is about training yourself to do something. Discipline is about even challenging yourself. Discipline is about pushing through, pressing on, and never giving up. But let me clarify, you won't get to discipline if you don't have the right strong motivation. Look, you know I'm here in love to share with you and encourage you and even challenge you. And I do it from a heart to disciple others, to lead and teach others. And I do it from a place of, I've been there and I went through this. I'm not teaching you based on a book or based on science or based on an experiment. That's how I teach me. Oh, that came out so good to me. (laughs) But when it comes to me teaching others, to teaching you, to guiding you, I speak from my personal experience. Because if I've not been through it, how can I guide you through it? Truly, I get asked to speak about some topics that I don't know much about, so I research, I study. But I won't teach you and tell you about how God will work through that kind of situation until I've experienced Him do it in my own life. That's just me. And when I go through it in my own life, I look to His Word. I look to history. If He brought Him through it, if He taught her through it, He is right here bringing me through it too. And then my testimony will help others overcome too. Little tangent there, but please understand this. God's word has everything you need. Jesus lived life here on earth as a human, just like you and I. Uh, I'm going on this tangent because I've talked with others about this a lot in the past couple weeks. The fact that Jesus lived on earth as a human. Like, what was that conversation like between God and, well... God as Jesus. Like, did he say, like, I mean, we we need to do something about this. I need relationship with my people. So I'm going to send me, as in you, we got to go down there. Jesus could have fully descended onto earth at age 30 and jumped into his ministry as quickly as he ascended back up to heaven. But that's not how it happened. He was born, like just as we are born. He was raised. He depended on people to clothe him, to feed him, to teach him, to guide him. He faced every temptation we can and will ever face. And he did it with perfection, without blemish, without fail. He was crucified for me, for you, for everyone. Think about that, for everyone. 
He is real. He is alive. And he cares about what you're going through. And he cares about your needs and your desires. He cares about your motivation. He cares about your accountability. He cares about your consistency and your discipline. He knows what it's like. Let me share this one small verse with you that I replay in my life often. It's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. I'll read it in the New Living Translation and then drop another version for you. It says this, We do this, this meaning strip off the sin that trips us up, the weights. Read verse 1. Ah, shoot. I'll just read verse 1 and 2 for you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Here's verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Here's how I repeat this in my head. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. See, that example is so good to me. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Think of all Jesus went through. I mean, we truly can't comprehend the sacrifice he made. And it's not just that he died for our sins. It's how he came to earth. It's how he lived on earth. It's how he dealt with absolutely every temptation. It's how he surrendered to God when he is God and when he could have tried to negotiate. He submitted and was obedient to the Father, knowing and trusting the outcome. Fully knowing and trusting what the outcome would be, that is what kept him going. Was Jesus disciplined? Absolutely he was. His motivation was the joy set before him and his motivation was the will of the Father. Wow, if I could get to the point where that right there is enough motivation for me. If I could fully say God's will is enough motivation for me. Wow. Jesus was accountable to the Father. He said he was about his father's business, not my will, but yours be done. God was the only accountability partner Jesus needed. Wow. If I could get to that point in my life too. I feel like I could go on and on right there, or I could stop right there. I'm seriously contemplating making this a two-part episode, but I'll just get it all in. So if we go a little over that 20 minutes, hang in there, take another lap around the block. Look, one of the women I've been mentoring and coaching had a huge breakthrough a couple weeks back. She had been sharing with me from the start that she's just not a very disciplined person, that she's just not, and she knows it. She had actually mentioned this before, and we were focused on other things, so I let it sit, but it was at the top of my prayer list and desire to shift in her. So finally, I said it to her. Now, we've come to a relationship with trust and honesty, real honesty. As her mentor and coach, I can't hold back. My desire is to disciple her, not to teach her how to act like a Christian, but how to be. So here's where we went. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. You may know this verse, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Some versions say self-control or a sound mind. Let me encourage you right here to know God's word and know it for you, not just for what you've heard someone else teach. See, this verse is often taught and spoken when we fear or when we're timid to stand on the truth that God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. But read and listen to the whole sentence, like after the word power. God has given us a spirit of love and self-discipline too, not just power. God has given past tense. So you 
have it. I have it. We have it. So then comes the question, have you activated what you already have? Have you been praying for something you already have? Have you been making excuses based on an inadequacy when in fact you actually already have it? This woman, I actually said to her, I want you to switch your words. I want you to start saying, I have self-discipline. I am disciplined. And also, when you're about to say that you don't have discipline, I want you to say, I'm lazy. Oof. See, that may hurt, but that's the truth, isn't it? You know, when we got on our call the next week, she was different. And she said this lesson has changed her life forever. Discipline isn't easy. It's training. It's training even when you might not want to. But the great thing about being a child of God is that he gave you a spirit of self-discipline, like past tense. He gave that to you. So activate it. And I'll challenge you in the same way I challenged her. Whenever you find yourself saying you lack discipline, switch your words to say that you're being lazy and see how that feels. Then remember your motivation, check in with your accountability, and get to training up in discipline. Okay, step four, consistency. Now, these steps are in order. You can't just out the gate have consistency. You've got to build it based on your motivation, your accountability, your discipline, and then you get to building consistency. Consistent, acting in the same way over time, unchanging in nature, standard, or effect over time. This is the desire. We want and expect it in others, right? In the simplest things in life, we expect consistency. I'm traveling right now and booking hotels. I don't choose a different brand or chain every city I'm in. I choose the one brand of hotel I know I like. I know they are consistent. I know what I can expect from them, right? It's not always about price, although it is. That's why a family of brands is nice. But I'm sticking with this brand. I appreciate their consistency so much that I'm a member of their points program. I ordered dinner to the room today, a salad from Applebee's. Now, let me say this. I think the last time I ate at Applebee's, it must have been at least five years ago, maybe even 10. But the brand and the name Applebee's, no matter what city I'm in, I'm expecting that their salads are unchanging. I'm expecting and trusting that they are consistent. So now to you. I think one of the big problems is that we often misuse the word consistent. We interchange it with discipline when that's not really the true meaning of the word. So now that we're at the stage of consistency, let me break this down. Consistency is actually all about the plan. It's about the process and continuing to work the plan and the process the same way every time. See, discipline can get you to take action every day, but consistency builds that action in the same way. Consistent requires a plan, a process. This is seriously my sweet spot. This is truly what I help so many Christian women and even men get through. I've even taught methods for ministry schools. Because what people want to know is how I went from leaving my Bible in my car so that I wouldn't forget it the next Sunday when I got to church. Now, don't be laughing at me, especially if you're the one who doesn't even do that because you're just banking on it being on your phone and you can always carry your phone no matter what. Or you're counting on it being up on the screen. Yeah, there. Don't go comparing and putting me down because my process looks different. Examine yourself. But that's what people want to know. How did I go from that to spending time with God in his word every day? Like every day. The process, the plan, still. And I've talked about this before. 
I still set out a full venti of water, y'all know I measure and speak in Starbucks terms using my reusable cup. A full 20 ounces of water is set beside my Bible every night so that in the morning I'm all set. I read a paper Bible every day, even while traveling. I have my journal and my pen. When I first work with people to create consistency, I tell them this, choose your book, choose your time, choose your place, and keep them the same. Which translation of the Bible will you read? What time will you do this at every day? Not Monday to Friday, but every day. And where? Not on your bed sometimes, at the kitchen table sometimes, outside sometimes. When you want to create consistency, you've got to actually be consistent with your plan and process. In the creating consistency phase, this is not the time to get creative. You're not there yet. If you're going to Zumba class every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then a 20-minute walk on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and you're in your second or third week of this process, I'm going to let you know right now, week two or week three is not the time to be switching it up and joining your girlfriend for CrossFit or yoga instead of your plan. Now, it's not detrimental to you, but it's not helping you create consistency. Be disciplined in your pursuit for consistency. Oh, I like that. Be disciplined in your pursuit for consistency. When I decided to really commit to spending time with God in his word for the next four years, I didn't purchase or read any devotional. I actually made a challenge with myself to not listen to what anyone else had to say about God before I heard from him myself each day. Meaning for me that I didn't listen to a song. I didn't listen to a sermon. I didn't read another book or devotional before I spent time just he and I in his word together. Now, you may think that's a bit extreme, and that's okay. But when I tell you nearly six years later that this is my lifestyle and how my lifestyle has changed and the outcomes I've experienced, I know myself and I know what I had to do. With years of experience as an elite athlete, I was, well, I was going to say forced into discipline and consistency, but truly I was trained. I was training. And it's that training that I then, years later, was able to recognize as helpful and apply to my relationship with God. All right, let me get on to this final step and close out this episode, this 50th episode. Step five, lifestyle. I just mentioned it, and that's the goal right there, lifestyle. You know, it doesn't even seem like I have to work on the discipline or the consistency anymore when it comes to spending time with God and spending time with Him in His Word. It's just my lifestyle. It's the way I live. No matter where I am, it's the way I live. No matter what others say, it's the way I live. No matter what comes and goes, it's the way I live. But let me remind you, lifestyle is step five, not step one, not step two, not step three, and not step four. And let me also fill you in on this. There are many areas of my life that are still in step one, step two, step three, and step four. Sure, I've built up my relationship with God to step five, and that took time. I can look back now and not only be so proud of myself, but be so grateful that I didn't quit. You get to decide what your lifestyle is here on earth. And my prayer is that God is at the center and top priority of it. It won't always be easy. You have to choose this training. My goodness, I didn't enjoy every basketball practice my whole life. I didn't want to train at 5 a.m. in the cold and then again later in the day. Not every day. 
But when that buzzer sounded and our team won the national championship my second year in college, I could appreciate all the training. About a week ago, I was able to reunite with all my college teammates as we were honored and inducted into the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame in Canada. 21 years later, still honored for that achievement. The motivation, the accountability, the discipline, the consistency, and in college, the lifestyle. It brought about the ultimate outcome, an outcome that is still recognized by others two decades later and now a pillar in history. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. The cross. And I sometimes struggle to share that verse and relate it to my own life because whatever I'm going through pales in comparison. But I hold on to that truth. If I can focus on the outcome and the joy coming, especially according to God's plan for my life, I can endure anything. How did I get consistent? How did I consistently record episodes of this podcast? Because let me tell you, although I had an idea a year ago that I would record a couple episodes every other week or record all four episodes for the month in like one week and then chill, it has not been like that. I've spent many late nights recording. I've spent days each week studying. This isn't a podcast where I can just show up and interview someone. This isn't a podcast I can make a couple notes and talk for 30 minutes. That isn't how the Lord directed me this past year. I was motivated, and although I don't think I've experienced the full outcome that was part of the vision, I've had a pretty sweet little taste so far. You are my accountability. Thank you. I disciplined myself and trained and discovered how to create consistency in these 20-minute episodes, in how I hear from the Lord each week, in how we communicate together, and in how I relay the message to you. And I have grown more than I ever could have imagined. So today, I celebrate this milestone, and I thank you. And I also challenge you because you know by know that's coming. That thing, that thing you got into your mind at the beginning of this episode, where would you like it to be in a year? The time to start is now. And before I bounce, let me just say this because it was in my notes and I think it's an important one to share. (laughs) A couple weeks back, I taught you all about giving yourself grace. Now, when it comes to creating a lifestyle, it's not supposed to be easy. Training is not designed to be easy. It's designed to challenge you, to change you, to train you. So that grace, you're going to have to hold off on that for steps one, two, and three, and maybe even half a step four. Once you've got discipline down and consistency is kicking in, then you can allow yourself that grace because you're well on your way to a lifestyle. See now, if I miss a day of time with God in his word, notice I said in his word because there are no days that I miss spending time with God, intentional time with him. But when I don't spend time with him in his word, that doesn't derail me because this is my lifestyle. Spending time with God is my lifestyle. Look, the time is now, and the time is for you. Make the decision today, and if you need help, you can always reach out to me. And if your thing, if your it is actually spending time with God in his word, then jump into my Bible journaling boot camp, the 30-day program to take you from inconsistency and insecurity to pages full of purpose. Oh, you need accountability? The program includes four live group calls with me. Every week, we are checking in, and you can throw out all your questions. Think of the outcome. Think of where your relationship with God could be in 30 days before that next busy time of year. Set the standard now. Create the consistency now. Set up your lifestyle now. Working through these steps won't be easy. It's training, but I promise you, 
it will be worth it. Thank you for joining me this week. Did you know that enrollment to the Bible Time Accelerator program is always open? You can sign up for my latest free masterclass at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com or head straight to the details to enroll. And let me just say, you may have been hearing about my newest 30-day program, Bible Journaling Bootcamp. This is an incredible program to get your relationship with God to another level by journaling through your time with Him. Women's lives are being transformed in these 30 days. You can enroll today or jump on the wait list for the next round. This program fills up fast, so come on in. I would love to serve you. Let's keep in touch. Find me over on Instagram at Kayla Praise. I'll see you next time.